I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to History in Technicolor. Uh, we did actually just start another introduction and we yeah. uh, we warbled a lot more. Anyway, so um, I'm joined in the shed today by uh, our local expert, whose name is... Wolf O'Neill. He's the same local expert we've had for the last 22 episodes. Anyway. We're starting to approach one year. No. It's in June, but it's Get still, out. still oh, close. What, what do people say? What does they say in the Princess Genovia thing? What is that movie? Princess... Princess no, Diary, Di- Princess Diary, fantastic movie. He says, "Shut up!" Do we? Do people say that still? Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. Do they? Okay, shut up. Well, we move on there. <laughs> okay, how was my teenage? We should do something. Does that go well. We should get each other a present of paper. I believe one year. We should a paper. No, no, paper is the gift of one year. Is that right? In that was a bit mean, isn't it? In you can get anniversaries, me, right? Yeah, you can get me silver. Would be fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Skips quite a few steps. <laughs> uh, we should get money. each other a history and technical mug. I, well, I already have one, so hey, I to get you one. That was nice of me, wasn't it? Oh, by the way, everybody, since just before we started with Maiden Dagenham, which is a great movie of the way you're going to love, um, I keep on forgetting to do the appeal. Please, if you wouldn't mind, do a review on iTunes. It's really important because it gets you seen more. Um, if you love the program do a great review really positive if you hate the program don't so where are we uh made in Dagenham. so um why am i doing this what, what year was the film made the film was made in 2010 okay with. and when are the events of the film the, the events of the films are in 1968 oh interesting isn't that interesting? quite a comparison between the last film that we did selma what a very good point uh, it's happening at similar times and in some way a fight for rights so, in some way, it definitely is. Indeed. <laughs> Tell 
Take so, it away. I was, yes. So, ask me the question that we also get to ask. Why have you selected this film? Okay, really feeble reasons, actually, and I shouldn't have prompted you because I didn't really want you to ask me that. Because I remember really enjoying it when I was a lad. Well, eight years ago. Was, I wasn't actually a lad, was I? Anyway, a wee nipper? A wee nipper. Which is no good reason for putting it on History and Telegram, really, is it? Because I got worried. I'm a worried man. I'm worried that we're too war-oriented. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I thought we should have something which isn't about war and killing people. Good. Not even serious maiming, actually, which makes a film a bit dull, isn't it? And I suspect it could be wrong, but I think it's probably a niche movie that most people that we're going to talk to won't have heard about. So I thought it would be quite nice, you know, let's talk about something uh, which people can then go and explore if they're interested. It'd be interesting to see if some of our more international listeners yes. were aware of this story. Yes. What do people think of it in Kazakhstan, for example? I, you know I hope we get a response. <laughs> Did you know about the, the machinists in the Ford factory in Dagenham in Kyrgyzstan? So, give me a guess at what this film got scored in Rotten Tomatoes. I, th- I think I probably guessed like 75%. Okay, it's not bad. 80%. Okay. It's a little bit more than I thought it would have got. Anyway, but there you go. So, 2010 movie, as we said about the events in 1968, which we'll describe. It was directed by a chap called Nigel Cole. Nigel Cole did a movie called Calendar Girls. Yep, and as I also did some research on, he directed episodes of Peak Practice and Doc Martin. <laughs> That's so good. So you kind of know what you're going to get, don't you? It's not going to be a hard-hitting uh, what, what expose. What was Peak Practice for anyone who's not aware? A peak Practice is some, was, is it some sort of fluffy, every, everything's nice and we're all having a lovely time thing. Yeah, were, they, were they vets? Vets, I think that's vets? right, yeah. Either vets or doctors. In, it would make sense it's in the peak district, but yes. could be wrong. Indeed. That would make sense, wouldn't it? And either that or it's a very, very good practice. Uh, yes. <laughs> Top practice. Could be either. Anyway, so that's that's why, just because I like it, really. It's very so, British. Okay. So it's very British. So Nigel Cole is, I mean, as we're saying, basically, you know what, you kind of know what you're going to get, and it kind of does that. But there is a little bit more to it, I think. The lyrics, excitingly enough, the lyrics of the main theme tune are written by a saint. Do you know how that saint is? Saint Augustus? No. <laughs> actually, did you, see, you did actually say that last time, didn't you? Saint Augustine? Mm, seventh century, no. <laughs> uh, saint, uh, saint Billy Bragg. Ah, yes. Saint Billy Bragg. A slightly more modern saint. Slightly more saint. Can he, you be a saint while he's still alive? I don't think he can, actually. No, in fact, I'm not quite sure what the rules about being a saint are. I think these days, anybody, you know, you can be a saint, really. Mm. You know, all you need to have done is... Well, anyway, let's not get into that. It's like an online course. It's kind of an online course, <laughs> yes. Anyway, good cast, actually. Really good cast. Excellent cast. That is good. Yeah, sorry, pardon me. Let's start that again. Excellent cast, Wolf. Excellent, excellent. Wayne's World. Is that how it goes? Party time. Party excellent. time. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as good as Bill and Ted, though, is it? Wayne's World. It's no, but it's pretty good. It's quite good, but it's not as good as Wayne's World. There, are, there aren't not, men- It's not as good as well. Me. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Right. We'll get to that because we're going to do Bill and Ted, aren't we? Yes. We are going to do Bill and Ted in the future. Excellent adventure. Bill and Ted's excellent, excellent adventure. adventure. Yeah. No wedges. Okay. So yeah, really good cast. Sally Hawkins is great as the lead character. She's also got very famous recently for that really weird film about a love story with an alien. Uh, it's a fish man, not an alien, David. It's an excellent <laughs> yeah. film, The Shape of Water. Sorry, pardon me, fish man. Andrea Riseborough is very good. Geraldine James. It's kind of like a roll call of a certain type of, of British actors. I don't know what it is. Bob Hoskins. It's impossible oh, Bob not Hoskins. to love Bob Hoskins, isn't it? Why? I was thinking about that. Why is that? Why is it, impos- is it impossible not to love Bob Hoskins? 
because um, he's great. What's your favourite Bob Hoskins performance? Long Good Friday. Yeah, see, Friday. I was thinking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ah, it's a very good movie. I really love Who Framed Roger <laughs> very Rabbit. Very good at that. He is very good in that, actually. But Long Good Friday, that long shot of him at the end, it's very good. Anyway, Daniel Mays, who is, you know, kind of good, solid actor and sort of does the, you know... He's great. The, does this slot A and B thing that uh, Marky Mark talks about. Miranda Richardson. It's very good, but I can't get away from Queenie. It's a personal problem. She's Barbara Castle. And then John Sessions, who's Harold Wilson, who I thought at the time was actually awful, but maybe it's because he was supposed to be portraying... Well, we'll see. You are missing, though, the fact that Rosamund Pike is one of the of best characters in the film. Quite prominent as well. Yeah. And if you're talking about supporting characters, Roger Lloyd Pack, a.k.a. Trigger... Ah, Trig! Yeah, Trig's in there. Only Fools and Horses <laughs> is in this as well. He's obviously not as funny in no. this. He's actually, his character's very you, sad and yeah, depressing. Yes. He's got some mental pro- health problems, for example. So, yeah, yes. he's not... Um, but, yeah, Trig, every time you see him, you think, oh, oi, Trig. So, um, it did pretty well without being stratospheric. Uh, you know, got nominated for BAFTAs, but mm, didn't win any. But, you know, it was kind of... Um, and it's kind of a feel-good feel movie. So it's set in 1968, and it's the story of 187 female machinists at the Ford Motor Factory in Dagenham. Where is Dagenham? East London. Correct. You look really nervous at that. You look really nervous. Well, I can't get it wrong. Uh, where is Loughborough? Um, East Anglia. Ooh. What do you mean, East Anglia? It's in the Midlands. In the <laughs> I Midlands, don't know. It's just north of Leicester. Oh, God, Jesus, fancy not knowing where... I was, trying, I was trying to think about somewhere... East Anglia. What? Everybody get, went to East Anglia for their summer holidays because oh, it's I the see. closest bit of sea from Loughborough. Anyway, can I carry on? I feel too emotional there. Right, so machinists at Maud Photo Dactory, they've been, rega- they've been regraded as unskilled, which means, of course, they earn less, and they're absolutely livid about that. And to everyone's amazement, because they don't expect that women would do this, they go on strike. And the blokes treat it, and everybody treats it as a bit of a laugh initially. <laughs> the women going on strike, that sort of thing. And then they're only machinists, and they're not earning the proper money, so... And at this time, what's been happening politically? Am I right that the Labour Party has just come into power relatively recently? That's a really good question. And there's been a series of strikes prior, because all the men have had strikes. I'm not sure, but there is a Labour government uh, either way. And yes, there, has, there have been a a gradual process of improving workers' rights and of strikes in order to get better paying conditions. And am I right there's quite a lot of confrontation between the government and the unions in terms of keeping people's working, stopping these strikes from happening? Well, there is, of course, that balance between a Labour government, which is there to represent working people, and the need to run a country and be balanced in their responses. So you always get this tension between the two. So everybody treats it as a bit of a laugh. And step forward a very unassuming hero, um, Rita O'Grady, who's played by Sally, otherwise known as Mrs. Brown, actually. There's Sally from the world's second best movie. The world's best being... The Full Monty. Correct. Second best being... Paddington 2. Paddington 2, correct. Well done. I'm training you. She's sort of cute and clumsy and a bit awkward, um, seemingly a bit mousy. And, and actually, she's set up, her character set up, but she goes into, a, the obviously, the grammar school, a bit posh. Uh, she goes in to complain about the way her son has been treated because he's been caned on the hand. Um, and she goes in to complain, and she's completely brushed off by this very posh teacher who patronises her both on a, a male-to-female basis and as a, I'm a posh teacher and you're you're just a pleb type basis. And actually then you see Rosamund Pike, who's who's posh, go in and deal with the situation and just do it because socially she's got that confidence to do it. So she, you kind of set Sally Hawkins up as this person who's a little bit mousy and 
that you can and, and she assumes on. a level of responsibility which she doesn't set out to that's right she's not kind the of role pushed, she wants to be indeed in. she's kind of pushed forward but she says look nobody else will do this so I'm going to do it as a, the lead the, the movement Bob Hoskins picks her because he knows that she has this who's, who's talking about this movie is it you or is it me I'm just helping <laughs> You're absolutely right, Wolf, correct. Just doing my best. Just doing my best. Well, sometimes your best isn't good enough. You need to do what is required. Well, sometimes my best is better than yours. <laughs> do you know, I had a boss, actually, a boss's boss, Marjorie Scardino. Had a person, does that mean name anything to you? She's nope. quite a blast in the business world. And her motto was, you know, when somebody said, well, we've just got to do our best, you'd say, no, we've got to do what is required. It's quite brutal, isn't it? But she was, you know, the head of a six billion pound company. So I suppose that's the way life goes. So uh, shall I carry on? Yes. Okay. So she, as you say, she is kind of brought forward by Bob. Bob is the local um, union man. Bob's uh, your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Very good. Although that is in fact on who? Where does that come from? I don't I, know. I think it's Balfour. Isn't it Balfour who's the uncle? Prime Minister Balfour, 1920s. I could be wrong. Hermione will put me right. So he is based on a character called Albert Passingham, who is a, a union rep. And he brings her forward and says, you can do this. And he gives her uh, the confidence. She does it. She turns out that she has a steely centre, that she's de determined that she's very good at it. The strike broadens into a struggle for equal pay. They then face a torrent of sexism from all sides. The union bosses are almost as cynical as the bosses. And Rita just, you know, won't stand for that. She won't compromise. She won't, you know, um, it's got parallels with the LBJ thing. You know, the fact that LBJ in Selma is wanting to compromise and do things in their order. She won't, like King, on a much smaller scale than King, obviously, let me stress. You know, she won't be doing with the compromise. We've got to do this thing. We've got to do it right. Even Rita's husband then has a go at her because he's got to iron the shirts and he's the main breadwinner, isn't he? And why is, she, why is she spending so much time when she's just earning pin money sort of thing? But they stick to their guns. The case gets picked up by Barbara Castle, who's the unemployment secretary at the time, played by Miranda Richardson. They cut a deal. They get 92% of the men's pay. So, sorry, I didn't say this dispute transmogrifies into a debate about equal pay for men and women. So the original thing about being regraded gets kind of lost in the background actually and they don't get the regrading for another 10 years so it gets transmogrified into a equal pay why are the women being paid less than the men and so they get a deal it's 92 percent of the men's pay they get paid interesting enough rather than 85 percent so well that's interesting we can talk about that later everybody seems to be happy and you know there we go and so that's the film so did you enjoy it i did I enjoyed it a lot. I was surprised I hadn't actually watched it before. Um, it's always been available for me to watch. I just never really got round to it. I was intended to, and I just missed it. Uh, I thought it was really fun, really enjoyable, very British. Yeah. Which is comforting. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was a it was a nice film. I thought it was it had enough going for it, kind of ideologically and thematically, that I could get a little bit stuck into it. But it's also quite comfortable and enjoyable. Yeah. I agree. So, do, would you call something a? Would you call this bun that I'm going to describe a crumpet or a pikelet? What's a pikelet? Right. So you call it a crumpet, yeah? But I've never heard of a pikelet. Right. A crumpet is, in fact, you're actually using the wrong word. It's actually a pikelet. Just so you know. I see. So it was a bit like eating a pikelet on a Sunday afternoon with a cup of tea, as you say. It was very British. It was correctly named. It was, uh, you know, it's a feel-good movie. 
But actually, the more you think about it, the more there are some themes in it. It really hammers the 60s thing. And in that sense, it's kind of a bit of nostalgia because you're spending you know, quite a lot of time looking at people's, the colours of people's clothes, the hemlines, the minis, the, you know what I mean? It's, yep. It sort of wallows in that, that 60s, a bit quite slightly nostalgic. Sally Hawkins is really cute. <laughs> Daniel Mays is great. Bob Hoskins is just bloody brilliant. And as we've said, it's impossible to dislike Bob Hoskins. So uh, the acting is just a little bit variable. As I said, couldn't get uh, Queenie out of my mind. There's, there are two civil servants that she plays against. And the point they're making is that sexism is at all levels of society. It's not just Sally and the machinist. It's also Barbara Castle and at the ministry. She's a minister. And so she has these two boff characters, Lauren Hardy type characters, two male civil servants who are absolutely shocked that she wants, there's a woman making decisions. And, and it's a bit hammy. The Prime Minister's not much more capable than uh, they are either. Indeed, and the Prime Minister's that he's really played as a, as a loser as Harold Wilson. So it feels slightly cliched. Um, you know, sort of Brit, Brit film, female stereotypes, a spunky but addled housewife. Um, you know, the, the beehive wearing sex bomb. Uh, there's a Twiggy-esque blonde in there. There's a grim, self-sacrificing mother who, you know, there's there's all the kind of characters you expect a bit. But nonetheless, so my main feeling was of guilt. My main feeling was sitting there really enjoying it, really enjoying the fact that these are real issues that they're dealing with. Um, and you can absolutely see they would have had to deal with them. And But feeling slightly guilty that it's, you know, it's got these rather obvious elements within it. I mean, I don't know whether I've got any more to say that. It's just that slight feeling that it's rather lightweight, but it does tackle, you know, let's think about the films, that, that the themes that it tackles. Yeah, so it looks at class divide. Yeah. And as you've already mentioned, that's prevalent from the very beginning with the school teacher and how he has a preconception about everybody who comes from this certain yeah. set of housing as to what they'll be like as individuals. The divide between them and Rosamund Pike's character is very clear. The the gender divide between the men yeah. and the women. So a common theme within the movie is that the men can go on strike whenever they want because that's an important and valuable cause. And the women also have to quit their jobs if the men go on strike yeah. and support their husbands. So they get no income. But if the women uh, go on strike and the men have to lose their jobs at the same time because there's nothing to work yeah. with, then that's not allowed. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a common issue, and the men are like, now we're really struggling, we don't have yeah. any money, stop doing this, go back to work. But the women supported them the whole time during their cause. Indeed. And there's a very good scene, actually. I mean, absolutely right. And actually, maybe I'm, where I'm moving towards is thinking that this is the typical British approach to these kind of things, that it's kind of understated. You, but sorry. You always tell me you really yes. love Alan Bennett I because do. of how he uses yes. humour to work in his serious issues indeed and this is i think this is exactly the same so there's a very uh not that it's necessarily humor but it's understated so there is actually quite a powerful scene um where finally rita's hus husband cracks and he she, you know he says he confronts her and says come on you've got to call this off now you've got to stop this is lunatic and she says no it's really important i've got to do this blah 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 you must support me and he says something like, oh, i've always been a good husband to you haven't i i've never hit you i've never played around with other women and so you get this scene where that's his level of expectation of what a man owes a woman and her response is am i supposed to congratulate you for that you know that's entirely as it should be what are you talking about so 
all the issues are there and are dealt with, but they don't hit you in the face with it. They, it's quite understated, and it's against a background, again, of a really feel-good movie, of this woman achieving all these things. There's a lot of nice music around. There's some humour, because all the women, the machinists, for example, it's really hot, and they live working in terrible conditions. So they take all their tops off, and every, you know, when the blokes come in, they have to put their top off and all the tops back on and all the rest of it. So there's humour washing around all the time as well. Yeah, it's not meant to be too hard-hitting because it's meant to be entertaining and have a mass appeal. Yeah. And it's also meant, like you said, there's a certain amount of reminding people of a time where they were younger, perhaps, so they enjoy that. But it doesn't shy away from the issues that yeah. it has to deal with. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I particularly appreciate its approach to anti-capitalism. Right. So in the film, Ford, Ford yeah. Motors are so powerful that when they can't control the strikes themselves, they and they are aware that the strikers have gained influence and are going to meet Barbara Castle yeah. and have access to the MPs, they get Henry Ford II yeah. to call the Prime Minister to tell him to break the strikes. Mm. And then you have a scene where the Prime Minister has been told by a big business owner what to do and is essentially doing mm. what he's been told by a much richer man yeah and it's very for me damning to watch the prime minister of our country that we voted in who speaks for everybody bow down to a prominent american mm. businessman and i think it's interesting that the film is that callous in how it portrays mm. the prime minister it does I suppose that I thought, hmm, isn't it a bit easy to make the American the baddie, the ultimate baddie here? I mean, there are lots of bad Brits, it's got to be said. There's, you know, but he is the only American in it, and he has to be the baddie kind of thing, isn't there? Passing our. I guess, uh, but the trouble problems. is, it's at the Ford Motor. It is Motors. the Ford Motor Factory, yeah, so that's the but way it is. I think that, it, it's, that our Prime Minister is a baddie. Yeah. He's yeah, he shown he comes to be incompetent. He does, yeah. I mean, but they really he he couldn't care less yeah. about anyone. And like, I, like I've already said, I think that. Uh, I think that Barbara Castle is not clear-cut as a goodie. No, she's a... I mean, what it shows government as is, again, compromising. She doesn't get involved right till the end. No. She she watches the events unfold. And she's kind of sympathetic, but she's not helping. And yeah. when, when those uh, buffoons who work for her are like, oh, good news, the strikes are going to be smashed tomorrow and those women will be forced back to work... Mm. She just has this like wink in her eye and she's like, oh, well, we'll see. Yeah. Let's see if those women go so easily. She could help. Yeah. It's her bloody job. But she doesn't want to. No. And then when she gets the opportunity and she, she stands up against the Prime Minister and against Ford Motors and she goes into the meeting, she still says, how about you go back to work and we'll, I'll look at this in the future. Yeah. And so don't worry yourselves. Go back to work. They'll be happy, we'll be happy, and I'll, I'll try and pass a law sometime down the line. And yeah. they have to stand up to her, yeah. who's in theory the last person who's going well, to help I mean, them. the parallels with the Selma uh, yeah. film and LBJ, and, uh, it, and that is, is striking, isn't it? It's exactly the same presentation of government as being 
requiring to work around political realities and real politique versus the campaigner who won't accept no for an answer. She is a reluctant hero. Yeah. Should and they yeah, they have yeah. they have to force her yeah. to give them Indeed. that small pay increase now. Absolutely. Um one of the reviewers that I read, there is this sort of th- feeling about whether this is a good thing then, that this approach the film takes of a light, a relatively light touch. So one of the reviews I read said, and they're talking about Robert Graves, who is the UK factory manager. The filmmakers lack the stomach to make him cruel or unsympathetic. So what quite a few reviewers online were saying is that this is an opportunity missed. Here was an opportunity to make a really hard-hitting movie that really went at those issues. What do we think? So I can see the point. My memory of him is not of a villa, per se, but he's definitely not a likeable character. There's never even one scene where you're on his side. I just think maybe they don't put the final nail in the coffin. I, I absolutely agree with that. But, well, do I agree with that? So if you watch a Ken Loach or a Mike Lee film, who presumably you really like, Ken Loach and Mike Lee? Yeah. Yeah. That's supposed to be two of our greatest filmmakers, aren't they? I've watched a film with Mike Lee, not... Quite relatively, well, he was in the cinema with me right. relatively recently. He seemed to enjoy it. Right. Is that what I asked you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my point was going to be rather laboured. I would have said that the trouble with a Mike Lee or a Ken Loach movie is that 50% of the time you're going to be lectured at. Sometimes, for me, they really work. Sometimes you're like, cares. So you, know, you lose the audience, is what you mean. You just think, oh, crying out loud, stop lecturing me. Whereas in this... Robert, they make a hatchet job of Robert Graves. And let me tell you, it is not easy to make a hatchet job of Robert Graves. Is he the one who's married to Rosamund Pike? Yes. You feel embarrassed for him, don't you? You think, how can you be like this? Because he's so useless at his job. No, because he's so rubbish with his wife. Oh, that yeah. That terrible scene where she's making supper for them. One of them asks, I think the American asks Rosamund for her opinion. She gives an extremely cogent and well-argued view. And they just and they did never expected to get a well-argued and cogent view. So her husband tells her to go and make the supper, make the pudding. Even though she's a Cambridge-educated historian. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean he's... he's He's absolutely trashed, in my view. Yeah, but I, it's done in a without having to beat everybody's head for half an hour. I just think he, it's like he's negligent rather than but they proactively. Make, but then if the, yeah, so with this indeed, there's so much more. Oh, I believable. still think it, I still think it's impact. I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he's let off at all. So I haven't seen the movie. Okay, that I'm going to talk about. So and I need to go. I thought to, you meant this film. No, yeah, I do mean this movie. Like, was, we've got a problem, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. No, well, I haven't actually bothered to watch it because you know. No. Um, so, have you seen Peterloo? No. So, I've been heavily turned off that movie because, as far as I can understand it, everybody who's in a position of authority is evil and worthless and just out to ki- destroy everybody. And everybody the of the other side or the tr- life side of light Lighten truth are perfect human beings now i may have misunderstood what the reviews are saying to me and maybe that i should go and watch it anyway but that i find utterly dull so in the, in this film and that doesn't happen in this movie. in this film what's interesting is that the head of the union is bad for one reason yeah. he's generally corrupt he's, he's working corrupt yep. and yeah he's working with the companies he doesn't particularly support the Male unionists, let alone the female unionists. Although there's more complexity than that. What they are is cynical and hardened. Yes. And there is also a side of this, which is also reflected in Barbara Castle, that um, people recognise that there are two sides to this argument, that people have to work together to write an argument. So if you look at modern trade unionism, it's, it's much less about 
confrontation than it is about uh, collaboration and you know creating a, a middle ground where you can say yes so I, I wouldn't go in too hard on that it's, it's black and white no but. I think what I'm just trying to say is so the union bosses have their faults which are of certain areas but that's not the same yeah. as the Ford bosses um, like yeah. Graves yeah. he has completely different faults yeah. And they're shown in different ways. Barbara Castle has her own faults, yeah. which are different from the Prime Minister's. Yeah. And those are different from the top echelons of the Ford industry themselves. Yeah. And those are different from the husbands and the men who work in the factories. And you have and each of them is approached differently and yeah. shown the, the root causes for yeah. those issues. The, the teacher again, they aren't all branded in the same yeah. way. They are all explored and there's different reasons for the way yeah, that they indeed. And that, I think that's the point I'm making. Somehow the film manages to get all those issues and discuss them without making the characters cardboard cutout and without doing a mightily beat you over the head until you want to cry job, which I think is good. Yeah. And it should also say what we haven't stressed is the sort of the fun bit about it and the feel good bit about it, because there is a real good there is a real feel good thing about the fact that they. Um, that they take this forward, the fact that they keep going, the fact that... And there's a relationship between Rosamund and uh, Rita Godfrey, or the Sally Hawkins' character, which is very good. And actually, in fact, the relationship between her and her husband is very good a lot of the time. And it's a real feel-good thing when you find that they've won and they come out and they sit in the, in the press. It's fun. You know, we're talking about all the serious issues, but it's a fun film, isn't it? Isn't it really great when that interviewer asked her that question? She's like... Don't ask such a bloody stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what you want to say to most uh, interviewers, basically, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they get some good lines yeah. when they're standing up to people. I think Rosamund Pike is excellent. I yeah. think her role is slightly to the side, but is one of the more hard-hitting performances in the film because it's so... Uh, she's quite heartbreaking when she lets yeah. you... Because obviously she you're not meant to like her at first because she's, yeah. she's rich and she's well-off. Yeah, she's sort of and she's married to the... Yeah. The guy who runs the factory. She's not the same as the rest of them, but the film lets you know that she's also suffering yeah. similar prejudices. And in fact, her situation is unresolved. You know, she there's this meeting between them where they and we've gone back to the misery thing. Well, the point that I was trying to make. But is, I was going to say that their relationship is really great. Yeah, like, it's genuinely really positive, and the way they bond. And I know you don't like it, but when she lends her her dress. Oh, we're just just before you go on, we've got a lime barrel moment here. Although I need to tell you about a lime barrel moment I got told off about going back to Das Boot. What was that? Das Boot. Um, Kate told me off on the website, because you know I said in Das, das Boot there's a line barrel moment where he draws on a chart. Yeah. And Kate gave me, oh, you know, quite a serious telling off, actually. Quite, she was quite sharp. I like um, this. Yeah, about the fact that people always draw on charts. And, of course, Kate is absolutely correct, you know, because my dad did a Siemens course once, actually. And, of course, you're drawing your navigation lines. I'm going from here to there, and you're measuring on the chart, and you're drawing them on. You just don't want to do it because you like the charts and you want to preserve them. It's not that. It's the fact that he draws a pointy arrow. Oh, I see. Oh, we're going this way, through the Straits of Gibraltar. I know. You know, I've worked in a submarine. I know the difference between the Atlantic and the Mediterranean. You mean because it's a channel and you can clearly, you can't go off course. Yes. You've just got to just go in the middle. He draws a silly line. Anyway, but Kate is absolutely right and I okay. formally apologise to her. Anyway, the lime barrel moment is, so Sally Hawkins, Rita Godfrey, uh, arrives at... She's got this big meeting with the Prime Minister. She's going to be seen by the press, so she wants to look her best. So she goes round to Rosamond's house and she says... And she saw her earlier wearing this Wearing this fantastic, you know, designer dress. So she goes round and the next thing you see is she's wearing this lovely red dress. Um, She's looking very smart. And what's the problem with this? The problem with that is that she's half the bloody size. 
She's half the size. It wouldn't. It would have looked like a sheet. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Unless they had a semstress in to take it in or something. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I know what you're saying. It's about female solidarity and all that sort of thing. But and it's a great sucks. moment where you tie all the connections together. She's she wants the dress and then she's able to have it. But you don't have the complexities of like to try and purchase one or make one and. If she can borrow it, it just unifies their characters, it connects it all together, and then she gets to go in feeling physically empowered as well. It's true, but it sucks. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, film, excellent, fantastic. So, I think we, we both like enjoyed the movie, and there are some good themes in it. Excellent. Okay. Let's talk about a historical record. So, Rita O'Grady, the main character, I called her Rita Godfrey a minute ago, isn't it? Rita O'Grady is a composite character of several people, actually. Gwen Davis, Vera Syme, Sheila Douglas, and I think uh, another couple of people. So she doesn't actually exist. But you can see why. Yeah, it, it makes just, perfect sense. It gives the film a focus. Um, Gwen, Vera, Sheila have all been interviewed quite a lot and they're all incredibly positive about the whole thing. You know, and pretty... didn't you say that for two of them had really supportive husbands and one of them didn't? So it's really helpful for this film when you can have the different issues that different... Yes, Those different women one, would have faced yes. all in one. Absolutely. Yeah. That we, it's absolutely right. It makes total, absolutely, I totally agree. It makes perfect sense. The basic scenario is true enough. In 68, the women sewing machinists at form. Ford were on the women's rate. And there was only one rate for women. You know, no skilled and unskilled. So they were getting 87% of the unskilled male rate. Uh, the women did work in harsh working conditions. So the company expanded its premises at the river plant in Dagenham, which is where they are, uh, and they put them into an asbestos aircraft hangar with holes in the roof. So, you know, when it rained, you can see them. They will have to go and put buckets around and all the rest of it. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Trading the character that Bob Hoskins plays is fictionalised to a degree. There was a bit of debate about how fictionalised it was, because on, on the line there was a quite a lot of outrage to Dagenham, which you had to sort of sweep away to see what the reality was. He's slightly fictionalised, so he's not completely the, the Bernie Passingham, according to people on the web, but that is who he is, and he seems to do broadly the same job. It did take 16 years for Ford to acknowledge that women were skilled walkers, workers, so that was the interesting thing about the film, although it's presented a big picture, hey, woo, what they achieved was being made from 87 to 92% of the male pay, and they didn't get regraded. So ten years later, they go on strike again, and it's passing them again. Who's the the man? And they then get the they get that situation resolved. Yes, the wind strikers received angry letters from the public. They face opposition in the home. And so yes, of these two, as you're saying, well, Sheila and Vera's husband supported the strike. Violet's husband is another, the other character I was trying to think of. She opposed it. There's that really good use of TV footage from the time when they yes. they interviewed all those male um, yes, that's workers right. who were like, no, this. Isn't acceptable. Yeah, they need to know their place. Yeah, and that was uh, that worked very well. I thought brought a sort of an edge of reality into it. It reflects something of the uneasy nature within the trade union movement itself between equal pay. Because on the other hand, there was this kind of feeling that increased female employment, which was I've got some facts for you here: twenty-seven percent of the total workforce in nineteen twenty-three, which went to thirty percent in nineteen thirty-nine, and for the unions. Did they push really hard on male rights, who are still the main breadwinners? You know, what were the tactics around this? So there's a, you know, there's a confusion within the movement itself about what they should be focusing on, which is kind of reflected in that. So there's a lovely quote from Beveridge. This is the, the Beveridge quote. The, uh, the attitude of the housewife to gain employment outside the home should not be the same as that of the single woman. She has other duties. So that's sort of the background attitude with which you're dealing. 
So these broadly, you know, within the confines of making changes to the characters in order to make it work more dramatically, that it's pretty close to life. Um, there is one big porker, actually. At the end of it, it says, you get this sort of sign-off screen, which says, you know, they won the rights, and then other, other countries around the world start to do the same thing, which is a bit of a porker, because... Uh, actually, in the Treaty of Rome, 1957, equal pay for men and women is enshrined in that treaty. And France and Germany, their post-war constitutions include equal pay for men and women. JFK in the US had just signed off an act in 1963. There are then a whole lot of other countries that do come later than Britain in doing this. But, you know, you, you can't say that Dagenham started a global trend in it by any way, shape or form. So that's it, really. It's pretty good. You know, I'll sort of... You know, there are, lots, there are changes around individuals and all the rest of it, basically. It's, uh... So this was the question you asked me before. Uh -huh. Do you feel like the film is a missed opportunity? Yes. Do you feel, Wolf, I put it to you, this film is a missed opportunity? I understand why you would think that and why some people might think that. But I also think that if your goal is to shed a light on a moment in history that we maybe have forgotten or don't know about and highlight the great efforts of a group of people who deserve more recognition, then it's done exactly that. Mm. It's obviously a little bit rose-tinted, uh, especially in its ending, that makes you kind of feel like it's all mm. sorted. And clearly we still have issues that need to be resolved, but a little bit like Selma, that's not quite the purpose of what they're trying to do. If they wanted to address a lot of those themes and issues in the modern world right now, they can do a better job of doing that mm. with a, an original film. To dramatise this moment of history, I think they've done a pretty good job. Yeah. I, mean, I absolutely agree with you. I don't think it's a missed opportunity at all. And but, but you said it was. I put it to you just to be argumentative. Oh, OK, yeah. fine. It's, it's cool. Isn't that the Socratic method? I guess. I thought you were just such a like a weak-willed individual. Yes, that I am actually. As soon as I was like, like is there no, uh, no, it's not. You were like, oh, oh I agree. Yes, no. Yes, yes, I'm like that, actually. What is the Socratic method, method anyway? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. It's, mm, it's about it, opposition. You know, you put the opposing point of view. Well, I'll to. have to research this when I study Indeed. Socrates for Bill yes. and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Because we're going to do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, aren't we? You're going to do Socrates Johnson. Indeed, so yeah. Johnson. Yeah, and I'm going to do Dave Beethoven. Yes. So, let's score it, first well, of all. Would you recommend it? I yes, think that's absolutely. what I would ask. Unreservedly. You'll have a really nice evening, and you'll, you'll just really enjoy it, and you'll feel great at the end of it, and, you know, it's good. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. Really enjoy it. I know really a lot enjoyable. of people who like it, so I think you would as well. Yeah. But obviously, if you're looking for really hard-hitting social yeah. commentary, you're not going to get yeah, it. Yeah, go to Ken Loach or Mike Lee. So, as a film, what would you mark it as? I put down a seven. That's good, because I put a seven down too. So do we think it's the... So this is what I want to ask you when we're doing our rating. Do we think it's yeah. the same quality as Selma? It's oh, quite interesting, isn't it? Because quality... Um, it's a less serious movie than... Uh, well, no, it's just got a different approach to, it, to how it puts it... And would you feel comfortable across. with them both being sevens? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it's all right. I don't know. I, well, I feel as though Selma is more worthy... And therefore, I ought to be giving it more because the issue is bigger. And there's some really good cinematography, yeah. filmmaking techniques in there. But it's a completely different type of film, yeah. a different genre. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so seven each. Uh, historical accuracy. What would you say? I went for six, actually. I suppose I went for six because it is not trying to give you a documentary blow-by-blow -blow account. It is quite relaxed about concatenating characters. 
It is quite um, a problem if it displays facts in the ending kind of That's amazing. Section. That's and, amazing. And, and, and if it's Unless I've completely misunderstood it, but I mean, I, I look, I've researched it. I think it's twaddle. And I don't know how true Rosamund Pike's character is actually either, to be honest. I think she's probably made up. So I think six is a fair score, actually. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't put it down to a five? I don't think I put it down to a okay, five. Well, that's but, fine. For the straightforward, honest to goodness, no, no poo porky sure. at the end. Yeah, probably deserves a penalty point, doesn't it? Actually, so six, six. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna say so. That's really good. Really enjoyed that. It was <coughs> lovely to watch it again. Actually, as must admit, after all this time. So now let's have the sweep up from Selma. Selma. Well, it then transpired that I'm actually away. Well, we should have been making the sweep up from Selma. So, no sweep up from Selma this week. We'll do it when we do Bill and Ted and we'll do uh, Selma and Maiden Dagenham together. Okay, but still go on the Facebook site and all that sort of stuff, yeah? Great. See you there. Ooh, dear, that was terrible, wasn't it? Sorry about that. Well, now that we're all swept up. <laughs> all right. Okay, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye-bye. And from you, do you want to say goodbye to our listeners or not? Well, yeah, but stick around, though, because hey. next time... Hey. We will dissect the historical accuracy of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Are we going to do that next next time, is it? We will. Bill and Ted. Excellent. See you then. Thank Bye. you. Are you not entertained? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.